This is the Creative Creative, a podcast of authentic discussion with industry pros. This podcast thing that I've got going on, I started it when everybody was still social and energy was really high in Austin. And it was really about sitting down with people that do the the kind of the Joe Schmo work of creativity, mostly because like these kind of folk stories don't really get, you know, I don't want to say I'm doing something special, but it's like they don't really get captured very well. So I started interviewing people kind of as a networking thing in town and you know now i'm just, i'm trying to like branch out a little bit more and start to talk to people that are just everywhere because i haven't done this for like nine months ten months or something like that so here we are back and you know yeah. i hit you up and it's just like oh shit jim does really cool stuff out in chicago let's fucking do this and <laughs> That's awesome man start with telling us you know who you are and what you're doing right now what kind of keeps you busy with all of that and then if you've got something that you're working on or promoting anytime soon, like we'll throw that at the end and then just wrap up. Yeah, right on. Uh, I'm here in Chicago. I have a, a tech background, basically. You know, I've been doing that for years, as you know. Uh, other things and projects with uh, movie productions, uh, music video productions and stuff like that. Um, one of my other things was I'm a photographer for rock and roll magazines. I got tired of doing all this for everybody else, basically. You know, it's like, okay, Rolling Stone or somebody will call me a couple times a year and say, you know, here's a bit. Can you go cover this or whoever? And it's like, okay, cool. Well, it's not really art at that point. It's more of an assignment. It's kind of just being like a journalist kind of thing. Just like, okay, cool. There you go. I documented it for you. And, you know, here's your hundred bucks, whatever you're going to get. And I thought, well, you know, it's really cool to be able to do that and to say that I've been in these publications, but I'd really like to do more with it. But I'd also like to support people in Chicago that are also struggling like me, trying to get around, trying to get noticed, trying to get our art seen. And it was like, well, why don't I just try doing this on our own? So that's how In The Loop magazine started was the frustration of, you know, getting bit gigs here and there from places and not really getting noticed as a, an artist with the photo work that I was doing. Um, and trying to bring some incredibly talented friends, actually, that are here in Chicago that just can't get their foot in the door anyway else because whatever the market is, it's like, you know, if you're not already a brand or a name that's been covering the Rolling Stones for 20 years or something, you just don't get work. So mm -hmm. with this, it was cool. It was, we're still able to go out and do what we want. So we decide what content we're going to cover. And the cool thing about this group of people that I've put together is we all have such a big, diverse background. In the Loop magazine isn't just a rock magazine. We cover jazz, we cover pop, we cover you know Latinx, it's disco, it's club, house, it's everything. And everybody kind of has their genre that they feel comfortable in and want to do something with. So yeah, that's the kind of cool thing about this is basically um, I give a platform for people to kind of run with it how they want and a place to showcase what they can do. How long has uh, In the Loop magazine been running now? It's a couple of years at this point, right? Uh, 2014. Geez, that's like seven years. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> seven years. Wow. So how yeah. big how big is your team? Like how many people are you working with on the regular for your magazine? Right now we are around 15 to 16 people. Um, I'm sorry, I just noticed I didn't turn my notifications off. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, whatever. So with in the loop magazine. 15 people are are you guys still kind of doing it shoestring and gum and just kind of figuring it out as you go do you have a revenue stream for the business at this point yeah um we still are just taking it as we can but the cool thing that's branched out from this is that we're actually doing video production for bands oh nice we also do 
um, album artwork and promotional marketing material for bands on hire. Uh, so that's kind of opened up a new venue uh, that wasn't in the original plan. One of the coolest things that we've got right now is that, uh, do you remember this band Belly from the 90s? I don't. I just the just the movie named Belly. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it's Tanya Donnelly and uh, uh, her friends uh, basically had this alternative pop rock band. They had a few big hits in the '90s. They, they have a huge following still because they just reunited recently. So before the pandemic, I reached out to them and said, "Hey, you know, we'd like to come and cover your show. Is it okay we do a little write-up, maybe some interviews?" And they're like, "Yeah, that'd be awesome." And we were like one of the few publications that were actually covering them so that we did a small thing for them and they loved it they loved the stuff we did like they let me do a video like just a single camera in the photo pit well that blew up on youtube which was good for us because obviously the clicks counts and everything yeah. um, did really well but then the band saw that and they're like whoa you know we kind of like this rogue idea of this video style next time we're in town could we hire you to do at a full-blown multi-camera shoot and i'm like Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. So uh, I got, you know, I think it was six cameras, uh, all various types, anywhere from GoPros mounted on a drum, on a microphone to, you know, big professional cameras mounted on sticks up in the balcony, in front of the stage, various locations, handhelds running around, walking around, uh, hired a crew, again, of local guys, local, local people that love to do this stuff and don't have access to this kind of work, paid them. You know, this is a paid gig. We shot it. I edited down one video for them with the multicam shoot, uh, submitted it to them, and they're just like, this is awesome. This is incredible. So they ran with that, and they said, well, you know what? Did you happen to shoot the whole show? Because they only wanted one song. And I was like, as a matter of fact, we did. I just kept everybody rolling all night. I figured we're there. I'm not going to take down all the equipment. So everybody agreed. Yeah, this is great. Keep going. So I had the entire concert shot for uh, pro audio and everything else. Uh, I submitted it to them. Uh, and they're going to make a DVD of it. Oh, that's so cool. That's great. Yeah, so, yeah. And they've been so gracious to me. You know, there's, they keep saying thanks to In The Loop magazine in Chicago. Thanks to James Curry and his team. They're going to give credits and everything on the album. And then on the bonus DVD that they're going to include on the next record and release. And all that came from this idea of getting local talent together just to do what we want. Yeah. You, you were mentioning earlier about giving like extra artists a platform, like as, you know, within the journalism and the production side of music, you know, photography and creativity. It's like, that's so true kind of everywhere you look these days. One tier that's happening at the kind of the entertainment star level where it's like, that's what's on our Netflixes and in our magazines and all that kind of stuff. And then there's this giant bracket of people that are down below that are just as skilled but there's like no interest in these industries working together until like you've already like overproven yourself. So that's so cool that you've got this thing kind of, you know, that's these new pillars of content generation that are, are so important. I mean, yeah, it started out as just, you know, getting people out there so they could get some writing experience to write about their favorite artists or photographers to get out there and do live concert photography that they wouldn't able to or weren't able to do before. But then now it's branched off to these bands really like what we're doing. So the next couple of times they come through town, they actually hire us and the crew to do stuff instead of just do your media stuff. You can do all that. But also let's let you guys get paid and do some other stuff. Like, you know, there was a festival that was just in town and they hired me to do video for breakout rooms, you know? So it's like small little projects and stuff that they're like, yeah, you get all access, do what you want for your publication. But then for us, we're going to pay you to do this side of it. 
Yeah, it really works out good. And then for everybody else, it's the same. You know, everybody who's doing stuff with me, they all have their contacts now with their favorite artists or venues or locations that they got through working through In The Loop magazine. Yeah, and I imagine that it, you guys are at the place where In The Loop has grown so much and the way that bands are able to see how you can work with them and, and what the content looks like, you're probably getting more and more people that are just excited to be like, oh, In The Loop is here. We got to talk with them. That's exactly it. It's like, um, well, Lollapalooza. You know, in the past, when we were first starting out, Lollapalooza wasn't giving us the access that we needed to go in and do interviews and stuff. Well, this past year, this summer, it was a very limited Lollapalooza with COVID and everything, but they actually let us do more than we've done in the past. So we had full media access to go backstage and interview bands, basically little video podcast things that we put on our YouTube channel. Uh, and, you know, one or two bands will say, come out and record our performance even. And so we did Angels and Airwaves. They had a brand new song that hadn't been played anywhere yet. And we did the live video just literally as a as a fan video, not the professional equipment. And we got over 100,000 views already. And it's like, how does this happen? You know, you just never know what's really going to take off. You know, we've got great talent that's on In The Loop staff. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you know Lon Friend. Have you ever heard of Lon Friend? No, I haven't. So Lon Friend is here in the rock and roll journalistic status, right? And, and here we are down here. <laughs> Lon was the publisher and editor of RIP Magazine. Do you remember RIP Magazine? Or have you ever heard of that? No, no, no. It sounds like I should have. <laughs> if you were into rock music back in the 80s and 90s, this was the, the magazine that people went to. It was like a hit parader, circus, Guitar Player Magazine, RIP Magazine, like all these magazines were like the magazines people, including other bands, would go to to read about new artists that are coming out or tours that were happening or getting in on a photo shoot for the center spread of this magazine. It was the pinnacle of that hair metal, heavy metal rock scene before everything kind of tumbled in the 90s uh, and went, you know, it, it took it back underground. Gotcha. Well, Lon is one of our writers. Nice. So... <laughs> And, you know, I had just reached out to him because I saw an article online somewhere where he was writing for some like Golf Digest magazine or something. He had he was a contributor to some story about like Alice Cooper playing golf. And I thought, how is this guy, Lon, writing for this publication that's an online thing out of like Arizona? I'm going to reach out to him and just see, because I used to read all his stuff back in the day and thought this guy was incredible and he knows everybody and see if he'd be interested in doing stuff with us because mm -hmm. we have a more rock centric vibe that he could work with. So I reached out to him through an email and I was just like, Hey man, uh, this is what I'm doing in Chicago. And I'd love to have you on to write with us. If you're interested, he got back to me within like 24 hours and was like, Hey man, I, I checked out your site. I see what you're doing. It looks cool. Yeah. I'd love to do some stuff with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, you know, like his first story that he did with us was Alice Cooper took us to the show. We met Alice Cooper. We did the show. We did interviews. We did. It's like that took us to another level that we could not have got to with, you know, the, the pace that we were going. Yeah. It helps to have all these sides of, of talent coming in, of the local people getting work, cutting their teeth, but then also having people like Lon who can take us to another level that gets seen by another level of people, of reviewers that are like uh, followers of his own journalistic uh productions that he does he puts out mm -hmm. so now we've got this level of people who are saying well i've read lon's stuff back in the 80s and 90s and rip magazine all the time if you guys are working with him and he's putting out stuff through you now i'm gonna read your stuff all the time too yeah yeah 
That's a great guilt by association, right? You're the new Rip magazine. Yeah. So he's been, he's been great. That's awesome. That's been within the last three years and he's still doing stuff for us. Matter of fact, we're doing a show here in two weeks, Eddie Vedder and um, Iron Maiden. That's fantastic. That's going to be so much fun. So it's cool because now those doors have opened with those agents and those managements, that roster. So now that when we come back later with Outlaw, who can't do every show, obviously, and we say, Hey, look, we just did this show with you guys. Is it cool if we do this next show coming up? Yeah. We know what you guys have done. We know you're legit. We know that you're really publishing. Um, and, and, you know, you describing that story just had my brain go for a moment. It's like, I wonder how many other versions there are of that out there where there's somebody that had a really excellent moment that doesn't suck by any regard, but just for whatever reason got forgotten about. And it's like, all they need is just like another, another walk back into the game for a moment. And yeah, the organization gets a bump up and the person gets to do their amazing thing again. Yeah. And, and it's not just Lon. I mean, we have other people too, that used to work for MTV that were on air talent that don't want their name out yet, but they're writing for us too, doing special one-off projects randomly. And it's like, okay, Cool. Well, let's get them in there. Let's do this. We have politicians. I have one politician <laughs> who I can't say his name. Yeah. He goes by a pseudo name, but he was a mayor of a town in Chicago. And uh, he, he does some pretty incredible work. Writing that's awesome. About that's so. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the amazing thing is when you give skilled people access, it almost always works out. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. It really seems that way. So when, when you guys are doing In The Loop magazine and you're just having like a regular month in Chicago, like what, what kind of are your, your publishing expectations? Is it just really kind of whatever's around and interesting? Do you guys have like, we're trying to get a minimum number of things out a month. How do you guys handle that kind of stuff? Well, we're a daily. That's, that's the one thing that I really strive for is everything comes out daily. I don't want to get into a hole where people will think that we're just a blog site. I want it to be like, you know, a rolling stone. You're going to see new content daily. You're going to see stuff that's shared from artists direct. You're going to see videos. You're going to see all the things that we can throw together to keep it fresh and to keep it going and going forward. You know, that's what I want it to be. And that's what it's been. And that's been the goal for it. I ask everybody on the team, you know, what are some things that even though we're in COVID right now and the concert venues really aren't letting a lot of media in and we're kind of limited, even our staff who wants to go cover shows, honestly, people are still kind of freaked out. You know, they're like, I have my shot, but I don't really think I want to be in a club of 500 people like this, you know, in a ball. And I get that. And I get that. So then I try to think of other things like we get together with random team meetings where we say, well, how about let's do album reviews? Let's write up about, you know, the festival that was that never happened. Let's talk about what we're looking forward to in the next year. You know, trying to find other creative things to still work on, um, even if it's going out and shooting like drive-in festival bands that nobody knows. It doesn't matter. It's like if there's talent out there, let's let's capture it. Um, and it's actually been a better thing for local talent because local talent will still play. You know, a lot of the national headlining bands, their management and, and agents are like, all right, this is our golden child. We cannot let them get sick, cancel the tour. And I get it. I get it. But, you know, you got a lot of these guys that are really hungry, that are starving, striving. And this is their big break because there's not many shows going on. And so when the show comes through town, they're doing pretty decent because there's nothing to really compete with. There's nobody out there that they're like, well, this weekend there's 20 bands playing in town. Well, no, it's actually only like maybe three. Yeah, I was going to ask you, it's like, well, what's kind of like the COVID impact? But, you know, there it is. It's kind of opening the space up for independent musicians. What's like the most unconventional thing that you've seen as far as musicians still trying to reach audiences? Yeah, well, uh, I think one of the really cool ones was like um, 
Scott Ian from Anthrax. He did a, a kind of like a webinar, a Zoom session uh, where he was at home. You got to see his personal stuff at home and, and the things that he would share with you. And he would have a special guest with them. And you had to pay to be a part of that viewing session. So it was like, you know, going to an event, you know, and paying 20 bucks at the door to get in, but you're in the comfort of your home. Yeah. And, you know, you still get to interact because they still let you talk. You can sh- ask questions. It's not just, well, I'm going to watch this video. It's totally interactive. And you're, you're seeing and hearing things that you can only get from that special event. And they don't rebroadcast. They don't share it on YouTube or their own channels. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, the, the, one of the fun ones that we had seen here in Austin is through my wife's company is that they used to go to like the bars for happy hour all the time, like once a month. It was like company get together and blow off steam. And when we were in our social lockdowns and couldn't do any of that, they start, started hiring musicians to play the Zoom room. So it would be like, you know, a Friday at the end of the month and everybody would log in and then they would find um, somebody who's in a, like a recording studio in Nashville. And he's like, yeah, I'm here with my guitar and a couple other people. And we're, normally we'd be working on our album, but, you know, you hired us for a gig. So here we are. And then they would play the Zoom. So those were kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So House of Vans has uh, locations all over United States, London, different places. And what they've been doing is getting artists into their office. Like, um, yeah, it's not an office. It's more like a rehearsal space, skate park, indoor kind of building where they set up these DJ booths and they ask these artists to come in and play their favorite artists. So they'll come in and spin, you know, tracks of stuff that they, they enjoy, whether it's stuff they grew up with, there's things they want you to hear that they want to turn you on to, or even their own new music that hasn't been heard yet. Um, so those are really cool and unique things that's, that's been brought on by COVID that nobody else has really done. Yeah, I've seen some musicians um, o- over over the COVID break using like Twitch as well to do like DJ house parties and stuff over over streaming. That's been pretty interesting. Okay, so with uh, I remember a long time ago when you started the website, you had to like build your own WordPress site. Like you really put it together all on your own. What well, was some of that like early Lego building like, like putting together the website and then especially now knowing that you're like seven years later, yeah. what's, what's that progression kind of been feeling like? Well, it's been a challenge because I'm not a developer. I'm not a designer. I have ideas. So I get other people involved that can help me where they can. Um, and that's been a big, big contribution to In The Loop Magazine because otherwise it, it wouldn't happen. For one, I, I don't have the time to sit and learn a new platform to make something like that, to fully understand it, I should say. I like to know pieces of it. And I, I like to know the basics. I have to know that. But beyond that, I have to know when to fold them and say, I don't know how to build this back end. Does anybody else know how to do SQL? Is somebody else involved that can do a video platform? Is, you know, where can I get the resources from in our own team or asking outside of the team to bring in new members to give them more work? That's been the real challenge is like, you know, when I first started, it was like, okay, I can get a WordPress template. I can build this simple one pager just to kind of get the name out there and we'll figure out where it can go from there. And then it's grown into, like I said, with all these other branches of galleries and videos and uh, we have a live stream thing. We have oh, a that's awesome. YouTube stream, a TV channel. Uh, so it's things like that. And then another aspect of that that's really cool is that I have hired interns. So now I have these young people who are going through college that want to know how to do website design and building. And again, they have nowhere to go for this. And I just happen to know a kid in the neighborhood 
who um, said, you know, I'm going to school for this stuff. Maybe I can help you out. And I'm like, well, that'd be awesome. So then that's when we moved from the free hosting plan <laughs> to, whoa, we're on a real server and we've got real back end now. And we've got all these things that I didn't even know what these words meant that he's really got us up on. So like the site is super fast and it's real solid and reliable and things aren't crashing and got uh, new ways of hosting galleries that show videos and, and photos really quick now. Whereas before it was just chugging along. It was, it was barbaric. <laughs> it was, it was not fun. I mean, I think that that's kind of the trap of WordPress is you can kind of do everything, but every, every time you do something more, it just gets heavier. Yeah, totally. Before that, it was iWeb. So let's tell you, oh. I'll tell you how far back it goes. <laughs> you want yeah. to talk about archaic and, and like, you know, grade school. That's what I, that's the only thing I knew before. Uh, I'd get into a little bit of Dreamweaver uh, but it was just like, okay, a little bit of flash, but again, it was just, whoa, this is just so intense. It's not something I can just sit and learn overnight or on a weekend. Yeah, no. And I think that that's so fascinating that like as, as professional creatives and all these different ways, it's like, you've got to specialize to a certain degree. It's like, you're going to find your lane that you love and the things that you do. But like under the hood, you've got to have like these 14 different like job hats that you can put on all the time. You know, it's amazing how multifaceted and resilient you wind up having to be to be able to accomplish these things. That's the part I don't like so much. I want to focus more on the creative side. I want to do my photography and video work, but I also have to keep this thing running. You know, you got to put on that hat of manager or director or editor, whatever the case may be, because there's other people that have to get their work done. Yeah, you got to run the building a little bit. You just don't want that to become the big thing. Right, right. I would love to be able to hand that part of it off to somebody else. So I'm hoping maybe at our 10-year anniversary, like, hey, guess what? This person's now in charge of all of that. Oh, yeah. that Yes, that's the way to do it. It's like, bequeath this upon you. You've been so good at this. Now take it. <laughs> right, exactly. So who knows? Maybe one of those interns in a few more years have, will have finished school and would love to take on something like this and you know get more involved. Yeah, you know, when I was looking at the Instagram, you're still the primary photographer for all of that, right? Um, technically, I'm the senior photographer for okay. In Painting, but I let everybody else just kind of run with it, too, as much as they can. I was going to say, like, man, the photography is good. Like, like, and I was looking at it, it's like, Jim, you got so great. This is amazing looking at the, the improvement in the work. But thank you. I mean, Thank still, you. like, whether you were taking it or you were guiding other people through it, it's been it's been really nice to, like, open it up after a long time. And it's not to say anything you were doing was bad, but it's like the journey of progress. It's like you right. look at it and it's like, oh, this is way better. Awesome. <laughs> you know, That's a good thing. I, and that's what we're striving for. So thank you for that. Yeah, right on. Yeah, so, do you do you find that you're that you're teaching people a lot as you go, like, or are you just kind of working with their their own processes? Well, one of the fun things is I'm letting in people who may not have any experience as a concert photographer for any publication. It's just something they wanted to do as a, a fun thing. I'll get them under my wing basically, and we'll go do a couple shows together. And I'll basically say, okay, this is what you need to be doing. These are the shots we're looking for. These are the angles, the lighting that you need to catch. That like this is what's going to pop. This is what what you're trying to accomplish. You know, just the right light, the action, the the pose in the face. Mm -hmm. So many things that they're just like, yeah, I didn't really think about all that. I was just going to go out there and take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's been really fun, honestly. I've I've actually mentored probably a half a dozen people now at least buying their first camera to getting them into shows to seeing their favorite artists to watching them grow from you know a point and shoot to professional dslr that's really great 
Yeah, because I think when both you and I were younger in, in our own disciplines, one of the laments was like everybody just gave up on training. There was no good way if you wanted to pick up a camera or you wanted to learn editing or any of these things. It's not like you could like turn to your immediate community and and find skilled resources. And this is like maybe four years before YouTube got big. So it's not like you could just hop online and just know something by watching a video either. Right. So that's really cool that you're in a situation where you can kind of go back and reinvigorate like the people that are coming up with that hands-on learning because as as cool as the videos are, it's different when you get a chance to like sit down with somebody that goes, okay, you're doing this right. You're doing this wrong. This is really good. Do more of this. This is a little less interesting. Maybe, maybe not in this venue. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, some of the things that an amateur photographer does that they think is, is good still is and this cracks me up because they all do it. They'll go to a show and they'll shoot 12 shots of the same thing of literally like an action pose of a guitarist rolling back and going forward. You know, it's, it's like, okay, I need you to submit 20 of your best photos. And then I get that shot. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no guys, I want one of that. Don't, I don't want to see any repeats. <laughs> it is funny to, to see through the eyes of others, what they think is, is good or not. And, and I guess, of course, you know, art subjective and all that. Uh, it's in the eye of the beholder. Well, Right. But I mean, you you know, especially in charge of the magazine, you've got compositional expectation, we might say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's been cool. Um, some of the other things, too, that we've done, we're also, and again, this is pre-COVID, international. No kidding. Yeah. So we were doing stuff in London a lot. We were going and covering festivals there, uh, nightclubs there, uh, interviewing artists in and around London and its suburbs and stuff. You know, even going to Poland, Paris, you know, outside in France. So it was kind of like, okay, we're going to expand this out. We're definitely going to take this more than just a Chicago thing. It's still Chicago centric, mm -hmm. but we have this new, uh, a new thing again that developed naturally was in the loop on the road. We're taking you, the Chicago viewer, the Chicago fan to these other locations, whether it's Los Angeles or Seattle or Austin and covering these things that we think are important that we think, you know, are things that our readers and viewers would would like to see and hear about that's really nice so it really really expands us out even further than just being a chicago publication so does that does that mean like a couple of you guys will get on a plane and hop on over yeah that's so dope man yeah 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 what's the biggest difference between doing um a music-based shoot overseas in europe versus you know in chicago or here in the states I guess really it's just legal, you know, what you can and can't do over there. It's a lot more lax over there, what they'll let you do, what they'll let you record um, versus here. That's one thing that I've noticed it's it's better. I think everything just seems to be more lax over there, honestly. You know, everything here is so tight and everybody's worried about getting sued and looking bad. And it's so easier over there. It's just like, uh, oh, I was doing something with for Albert Lee. I don't know if you know Albert Lee. He's a famous guitarist from the 70s. White flowing hair. He has a very unique guitar and very unique sound that most guitarists look up to him as, as an influence, basically. Uh, one of the shows I was over there covering was at this small, tiny little club in London called the Half Moon Putney. And uh, I think it sat maybe 100 people, 200 people. And, you know, when he comes to America to play, he's playing like Eric Clapton's Guitar Roads, you know, Crossroads Festival or these major things and playing these big venues. And here I am seeing him in his hometown in a sit down environment, a sit down, not a stand up, not a rock, rock, rock thing. And I was just like, oh, I wasn't prepared for like what to do. Like I was, I was prepared to be standing in a pit, fighting elbow to elbow with guys trying to get that shot sweating in this, you know, weird dank club that I've never heard of. And it was just not that it was, 
oh, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Here's your chair right in front of the stage. Have a seat. Break out your camera. Shoot the whole show. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever you need. Just let us know. Do you know beer? What? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was just a completely different environment over there covering shows. And it, it's really fun. But they love it, too, because it's it's foreign press to them. You know, they're like, what? Somebody from Chicago wants to come and shoot us? Talk to us? Uh, a band called the Happy Mondays, which was another 90s alternative band that I went over there specifically to cover at a festival because they can't get visas to tour anymore because of all their drug busts. <laughs> oh, man, rock and roll. <laughs> the only way I can see them is literally to go to their hometown and see them play in these festivals. And it's just like, this is amazing. And they have such a massive following. Like at the festival, the festival was one stage off to the side that was just full of all these people that love that band and stick behind them for what they are. They let me put a camera on the stage. I got a camera in the pit. I got to record audio, uh, the photos and everything else. It was just like, this is awesome. That's so exciting. It's like you get to do all the fun work with all the cool toys. You get the importance of the setup. You get the great shots and you get a good show. That's that's so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is. Because the other side of it is it's stressful in a lot of the venues now because they're owned by one mega corporation, which I won't give the name away. But it's very hard for them to be lax like that or to just be cool. You know, honestly, it's like they're so strict and militant about Get in the pit. Five minutes or three songs. Get out. Whoa. Relax. It's it's rock and roll, man. I recently covered a show here in Austin as a photographer, and that's very much what it was. It was this very processed stand in your box. You get the first song to, like, take your photos, and then you got to get the crap out of there. And it's like, we're in the very back row of the space. How is this obtrusive in any manner that we only can be here for one song like i mean okay cool venue rules you know whatever it's going to be your thing but like i didn't understand the need to to limit the photographers so much compared to what was actually going on in the space yeah yeah and that's all over the united states because like even when i go to like la and i'll shoot something at the whiskey they always tell me as soon as you walk in if you're shooting a show and the band doesn't have their logo behind the stage and our whiskey logo is out there you can't do a full whiskey shot we don't want to see the whiskey a go-go anywhere in your video or photos what you have to pay us if you want to use that right and i'm like oh boy wow i mean it's it's great that people are trying to protect themselves financially but yeah it does kind of pull some of the that kind of the camaraderie out of it that's always like one of the fun things about about creativity and the intangible is that like it's the happy accidents in the moment that kind of show up and if you're constantly worrying about the logos or where you're going to stand or all these other kind of incidental things that make sense from a liability and business perspective it just kind of kills the opportunity to just be there and get the right shot in the moment and you've got too many things in your head kind of bouncing around yeah that's absolutely right when i go in and shoot something i turn the world off i turn off the sound i don't hear the band i don't hear the audience I'm focused through a lens, trying to find that next shot, trying to line something up. And, you know, for somebody to be tapping me on my shoulder going, you can't stand here, move along. Or, all right, you've been here already three minutes, get out. It kills that creative process, absolutely kills it. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's like, oh, it just ruins things, yeah. Yeah, so it's difficult, but it's uh, you know, something you have to put up with if you want to be able to do these kind of things. Yeah, I think that that's the shitty part of the truth is that like, doesn't matter what you're doing in a creative business, it's always going to be a little bit of a compromise. It's just kind of figuring out the compromises you can handle. That's true. Yeah, right on. Yep.
But no, this is fantastic. I, I mean, everything that you've been doing with, within the Loop magazine is just remarkable to watch because I, I know for a long time it's just been kind of you and an idea and just kind of every day waking up going, what can I build today? What can I add to this? And it's it's so cool to see that not only that it's survived, but it's thriving and and it's and it's got become so big. Yeah, it's it's surprising to me too. <laughs> you know, when you see the numbers of followers, or when you start seeing you know, your your Google stats, and like, wow, really? Somebody from Germany sat there and watched an entire episode of this. Cool. All right. You're you're living the dream at this point. You've got you've got the magazine, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 chugging along. It's still not where I want it to be. It's still not at the level I'd like to see it at. But you know, once we get through COVID. Hopefully we can ramp it up and, and really take it to another level. What are you, what are what are the future goals that you've got for? Yeah, so the biggest thing is really getting out there and doing more live concerts, full concerts, more on-site interviews. That went away completely since COVID. Uh, you know, the last one we were we did was uh, John Five from you know Rob Zombie, and we sat in a basement, a dank club basement, and interviewed him for you know, an hour. And it's just him noodling on a guitar, giving instructions, telling us about his past, telling us about things that I've never heard him say before. And, you know, I just, I love that being in the same room. You're really drawing and pulling off of each other much more than you can just, you know, through a Zoom, which is so great. But it's not the same as patting somebody on the shoulder or seeing the stress that they're getting by doing a certain effect of a guitar movement or something that you can't quite see in a video. That's what I'm really looking forward to, because that's the stuff that honestly was taking off. Our YouTube stuff, a lot of the video production stuff, uh, a lot of the personal interviews that we're doing, that's the kind of things that I want to get back to and that I really want to want to take further. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So it's cool that there's still so much interest and that, that other people who have worked with us in the past are sharing us as a resource to say, this was an awesome experience. You got to go talk to them. See if you can get on this. That makes me feel good. You know, I don't want to be that agency or that publication that people are like, ah, yeah, they're here again. Uh, you don't want that. You don't want it to be stale. You don't want it to, want it to be an icky environment. And and so luckily we we aren't. Yeah, right, right. You've got to be like a good steward and all of this kind of stuff, because you're right, like we're not in that period of time anymore where you can be skilled and an asshole. You, you get, you <laughs> get like there's too many people that are skilled and wonderful to work with. You just you can't not be that anymore. So that's great that you guys are getting such a positive reputation going with you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've actually had to turn down some talent because they are that old school mentality of, well, I've been doing this for 30 years. What was it? One guy said to me, here's my name. I want to work for you. Here's, I want to be a photographer. Google me. Ooh. That was his resume to get in to, to, to work with us. And I'm just like, who does this? <laughs> yeah, that can't that can't be getting him much work. I can't imagine so. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something really great about preserving that authenticity because the corporate influence in these industries is unignorable because of the money and the stability that they're bringing to these things. But it's an entirely different ballpark talking with corporate suits about anything. You know, uh, I've done a lot of local advertising and been in the animation and the motion scene here in Austin for a while. And whenever I get involved in a project that brings you close to people that live within marketing departments and live within PR and talk to C-class professionals, their ability to have an imagination shrinks so narrow because uh, I, I don't know what the reasons, you know, they're afraid of getting fired and all of these kind of things. But, you know, then at the end of the day, you're trying to do these interesting things and you're trying to talk about these ideas and they just 
they have no mental ability to see it. You know, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to talk about it. And, you know, so I love that there's still things out there that are going, no, no, no. It's okay that this is unvarnished. People can handle it. It's going to be good. You know, you're absolutely right. In the music scene, people don't want the fake shit. Yep. You know, so being able to go to a real magazine matters so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that side of it. And I love the people that we're working with. We have a real close-knit group of people. Most everybody has stuck around for the, the entire time. You know, to see them come in at the early stages and still want to be a part of it, that says something. We've had a few that have left and gone on to do their own thing too. So that's cool to see as well. This is amazing. Everything that you've been doing with the loop is just like fantastic. It's been wonderful to hear all of this and how far you've gone with it. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate that. Appreciate the comments and the compliments. So uh, it's been great. Before we end today, what's the website? What's the social? Give us give us a shout out so people can can go and follow Chicago music. Right. Yeah. So um, thank you again for doing this. Uh, but yeah, if people want to know more, be in the loop That's our website. Um, if you want to go and find us on social media, it's be in loop Chicago, be in loop shy, whatever will fit basically <laughs> because of the different numbers of characters you can have. That's amazing, man. Cool. All right, cool. Thanks. All right. Great. We got that recorded.